Hey, that's not rubbish. Hey guys, it's me, Lexi, and this is That's Not Rubbish, the one and only podcast and platform for all things upcycled fashion. Very cool, very innovative, very resourceful. Um, but today we are here with Mick. We're in Boston. We're in person. And I'm really excited to to hang out with you today, Mick. <laughs> Same. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> of course, of course. Um, it's always fun like doing an in-person episode, obviously, because you get to meet the person <laughs> and like just like hear a bit about their city and like how their city influences their story and pieces. Yeah, I know. You're not going to just hear it from me. Like you get to go outside and experience I know. all the stuff I'm going to tell you about. And it's great because I have no plans and you get to decide my itinerary. <laughs> and you're counting on me. <laughs> yes, yeah. So I hope you came prepared. I got you. And especially with Salem. Oh, yeah. Yes, it's Sa like Salem season, I guess, because it's October. And I don't know anything about Salem, but I did some research. So we'll talk about that today. And and how all this ties to, to Mick and her story. But first a little bit of good news for the day <laughs> this one's crazy okay so sustainable tree coming to grocery stores near you perfect for witches algae based ice cream what <laughs> yeah so you see like a lot of changes innovations in the the food industry as people try to become more sustainable and this one's crazy it's interesting um I picture like this green like slimy ice cream but like once you break it down it's actually like sounds kind of normal so it's vegan for starters obviously okay because it's like an algae okay. it's 100 plant-based okay yeah but it's made from this chlorella protein which is a pure protein flour made from microalgae uh they swear the texture is normal and i believe them but and it's like healthy, packed with iron, B12, all that. I was going to say, I yeah. mean, like plant ice cream. It's got to be healthy. It's got to be healthy. I mean, what is milk anyways? <laughs> it's more normal that. than milk, I think. <laughs> you make a really good point. I don't want to answer that. I don't ever want to know. <laughs> it's like one of those secrets, like milk and hot dogs. Like, yeah. <laughs> Love a good process video, but not. Okay, so algae ice cream, does it come in different flavors or is it just algae flavor? I think we're working on that. That's okay. a good question. This is, <laughs> this is a really good question. Does it have to be green? I don't actually think it is green. Oh, yeah. All right. So that changes everything. I could, with this. I could do it. Would you try it? Yeah, totally. I'm down. Totally. I gotta try it too. I'm very adventurous when it comes to ice cream. We'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, so it's Boston, very well-known city. I've never been here before. I don't know much about it, except for like Red Sox, Martha's Vineyard, you know, like Cape Cod, Lobster Rolls type vibe. Uh -huh. What's it like growing up here? Like Boston. Yeah, <laughs> the accents, <laughs> like was it yeah. Boston? Yeah. The Red Sox. I actually have a terrible Boston accent. You don't even have one. If you meet my mother, you will totally get the full experience. Like she's to. constantly trying to coach me on how to have a better Boston accent. Why? I have this weird like it's I've moved around a lot, so it's like a mix between like Midwestern and then my dad is from this town called Clinton, which has like remnants of an Irish accent. 
it's like in Massachusetts, it's this little pocket, but they all like overpronounce their R's. It's really weird. And so I kind of like got a little bit of that and then a little bit of all these other influences and the Boston accent is just completely washed out. But I've lived here my whole life, so it's kind of disappointing. Yeah, because Boston avoids the R's at all costs. Yeah, pack the car and have it yet. <laughs> what did you just say? You don't never heard that? No. Oh my god, it's so cliche. It's terrible. What is it? Pack the car and have it yet. Pack, pack the car. P- pack. It's not p- pack, it's Pack, pack the car. Pack the car in the habit yard. What's the second word? And then we say a lot of fuck, dude. Fuck. <laughs> it's not. It's not f u c k. It's fuck. So you're not swearing. I can still. I can <laughs> yeah. say it. Fuck. <laughs> Every other word. <laughs> That's hilarious. I I like the Boston accent. It's like aggressive, but like homey. It's very homey. Like anytime I've left the country or the state for a long time and then I come back to Logan and like you hear the construction workers talking to each other that's when I know I'm home and I'm like oh my little heart warms I feel like Boston <laughs> accent gives construction worker it totally <laughs> like you can wear like if you put on your Carhartt you know <laughs> see there's my Clinton accent of Carhartt <laughs> and yeah in your in your Red Sox hat and you're ready to rock that's good to know because I didn't know how to pack. Packing was difficult for me. Uh huh. Because like the East Coast, it seems like it has a very particular like style. Like, I feel like it seems more like refined. Like, it's yeah, it's a little bit more like edgy. Um, I think like Boston especially has a lot of like collegiate influence too. Yes. Yeah. Like, like sweaters around the neck is mm-hmm. like Boston. I feel you like. will find me with a sweater around my neck. <laughs> Most days, no week, shame. Yes. No, I feel like you're the minority here if you're not wearing a sweater. It's a safe place for the puppies. Yeah, little yeah. loafers, pair of jeans or chinos, you're good to go. Because the Harvard, everyone wants to, to have the Harvard vibe. The yeah. Ivy look. Yeah. The Ivy look. Yes. 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 You can do it here. And like the weather's perfect for it. Like today, you guys can't see this, but it's a beautiful day. It's like perfect quintessential Boston day. It's sunny. It's nice. like. 68 degrees a little bit of wind it's perfect for a little sweater thank you weather woman yeah yeah oh yeah you're welcome <laughs> sorry you didn't ask for that the wind is coming from the north <laughs> <laughs> the sun's at a 68 degree angle but other side of the spectrum you got like the preppies and you got salem what's it like growing yeah. up in in boston around like halloween oh yeah salem's always a thing like i never went when i was a kid because it's like it's insane there's um, definitely a lot of hello like hidden halloween nerds out there and i feel like in october they oh, all yeah. swarm to salem yeah yeah it's so fun it's so fun like working there and like having people shop and it's like that they've waited for this for like years to come to Salem on Halloween. And so it's super special to like be there for that moment for those people. Yeah. And they're just having a blast. I think it's such a cool time to like let loose and do something that you would never otherwise do, like dress up in costume and walk around. Oh, it's like, like the misfits a little bit. Totally. Yeah, they get yes. to escape, have their moment. Yeah. And Hocus Pocus is a like cult favorite, I feel like. Yeah, huge. Yeah, because you got the Disney adults, but it's also like like spooky so it's like the halloween and disney worlds collide oh yeah and it's a great movie i know yeah and it's like the scene yeah who doesn't like focus focus and it really does look like that like salem does look like that there's like really cool old historical houses it's really just like a quaint little town yeah um yeah 
Yeah, you're gonna love it. I am. I'm excited. I, Halloween's my favorite holiday, and it's totally haunted. Like Spill. a thousand percent. Spill. There's the Hawthorne Hotel, which is like incredibly haunted. You'll have to go there for a drink. They have a really good burger, actually. So oh. you can go there. Um, Why do people think it's haunted? Uh, I think someone. There's definitely murders maybe suicide i don't know like the cecil of boston i think so wow yeah okay yeah the hawthorne hotel is wicked haunted and then um (laughs) satanic church is there as well um yeah totally Totally. yeah people have made it a whole lifestyle peace love devil yeah absolutely (laughs) yes this is your time to just be a total hedonist yeah i'm with it I got a haircut before I was coming, and my hair lady, total Halloween, like like the like Halloween geek, and every day she dresses up as a different thing for Halloween, and she had just come back from Salem in Boston when I was getting my haircut, and I was like, oh my god, I'm going to Boston. I was like, what do I need to do? Like, you're the person to ask. Like, tell me everything about Salem. Like, she's like, thank you so much for asking. This is my moment. She got out a piece of paper and like a pen and like wrote all these things down, and I was like, oh my god, like. Like, are you a witch? <laughs> like, like, you know what I mean? Like, cause like there's modern day witches. I was like, like, what does that look like? What is witchcraft in general? She's like, oh yeah, I used to study, like I used to like practice paganism. Uh, That's what it's called, paganism. Yeah. And she's like, cause you know, like the definition, well, how we think of witchcraft is like, you know, like worshiping like the devil, like spells and like potions for evil. But she's like, no, like with like modern day witchcraft today is really just kind of like utilizing nature yeah. to its fullest. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, like it's upcycling witchcraft. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, yeah. And I was like, oh, well, if you say it, then I, then I believe it. Cause you know, a lot of people like identify as witches today. Yeah, totally. There's, there's no shame on it. No, it. it's not just like more like, I feel like spirituality and sort of just, it can be whatever you want it to be. Yeah. Um, but it, I feel like it's more of a feeling than a easily defined thing these days. It's yes. Like something that you can just prescribe or, or subscribe to. Yes. You know? I agree. Lots of different interpretations, but I guess in general, just like using spells and calling upon spirits for help or change is like the vague definition of it i love that like putting things out there in the world you know like waiting for waiting for the things to come back to you yeah like spiritually but also physically if you're making potions and stuff i don't i don't think they really are doing that anymore i don't know and there's a couple like specialty witchcraft stores in salem and it's so funny because they like like any other store like each one has its own personality um, and it's really fun to like explore and figure out like what kind of witch are you? Are you like super dark and gloomy witch? Like who wants to be surrounded by bones and all this sort of like creepy underworld stuff? Or do you want to be more like nature, antlers, moss, you know? Yeah, that sort of like I want to know. <laughs> or do you want to be more like modern, you know, and like sort of aesthetic? and bright and flowers oh my god i would love that <laughs> it's like hogwarts but like better it kind of is it totally yeah. is yeah i feel like you know everybody in salem you can totally just put them into a hogwarts house and then, <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, it's cool. And there's like all performers also walking around, Everywhere. like people that will are dressed up and will like take pictures with you. And oh, really yeah, picture. Yeah. I mean, like I'm a witch too. I'm an upcycler. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I make magic. That's happen. the kind of witch I am. <laughs> the fashion witch, which they dress amazing, so I'll take it. I know, they right? Do. Like witch couture is the best. <laughs> like, yeah. Very avant-garde, you know? Yes, I see that long black dress. Yes, yes really, like, layer corsets. Ooh, and long hair, I like it. Yes, Sarah Jessica Parker, no Hocus Pocus. <laughs> yes. That's it. And they don't have, the, like, the tacky little hats, so it's... Like, have you seen um, Practical Magic? I have. Okay, yeah. With um, Sandra Bullock, yes. Yes, totally. Yes, I love Sandra, so anything with Sandra, I'm watching it. I know, I love the fashion in that, in that movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then Charmed is also a witch. <sighs> Show. Love it. <laughs> like, Love it. I grew up totally brewing potions in my backyard. So oh, in the bathtub too. <laughs> <laughs> All the, the bottles of like mini shampoos and conditioners my mom would get from like hotels over the years. Yes. Like, <laughs> so do you believe in witches then? Yeah, totally. I my my dad told me like loves this story. He's such an engineer, like does not believe in like cookie stuff or whatever. But okay. he talks about this time he was on a train. And he sat next to this woman and he was like, I could just tell she was a witch. Like, and he never says stuff like that, never believes in stuff like that. But I do think there are definitely people in this world that are way more in tune with like things that quote unquote normal people like either can't or don't want to tap into. Mm -hmm. It's all intuition. Yeah, I think, I think there are definitely things that we can't perceive and that like, if we maybe like tried to shift our point of view a little bit or like dig a little bit deeper that we'd see that the world has a lot more to offer. I think like yeah. if you've ever tried psychedelics or anything like that, <laughs> like you'll know that like there is more to the world than like what we see with our yeah. own two eyes every day. Yeah, do drugs kids. <laughs> yeah. That's a message from Nick. <laughs> No, but you're right. That's what my that's what my hair lady was saying too. Is that you gotta just be open to it, like open to seeing it, and you will. Yeah, I yeah. think so. I think so. I think there's definitely like a certain amount of letting go that has to happen, though, which I think it can be really hard for a lot of people. I agree. I agree. So no shame, no or no judgment. No, shame. no judgment. No judgment. <laughs> and now that you are a witch, this is so fun for you. <laughs> Holla. Holla. <laughs> okay, so I mean, let's talk about the Salem Witch Trials for a little bit because it's super interesting. Mm-hmm. It's October. We're in Boston. Like, what else would we talk about? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know, right? Is okay. there anything else happening? No, I don't know. So. I know. <laughs> um, so Salem Witch Trials, you, we all learned about it in history class. Mm-hmm. Do, you learn, do you learn about it, like, a little more since you're... Like, do you have to I, field trip there? I actually went to um, Catholic middle school, oh. so it was like a no-no. <laughs> Absolutely not. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. So we didn't talk about it, but definitely like it's like blur. It's yeah. Wow, they're up against a lot more that Catholic school in Salem. Yeah, I know. No, that's fair enough. So essentially, single women, widows, minority women, mostly were accused of being witches. And I guess if they were thought to be working with the devil or just lusty women, they were tortured until they confessed they were witches just to be killed, you know, like burned at the stake or being hung. And I had no idea, but it actually went on way longer than I thought and way more people died than I thought. 
Like I had no idea yeah. from it went from fifth the year 1500 up until 1660 and 80,000 witches sent suspected witches were put to death in Europe. 80,000 80, in Europe. But there wasn't that many people on the earth back then. You're, you're so right. That has to be like everybody. <laughs> big percentage. I bet the highway system would have been built way faster if they didn't kill everybody. <laughs> and then it didn't start in Salem until 19, or it didn't start in Salem until 1692. So that's like 200 years. Year 1500 to 1700 is 200 years. Like, think of all the things that happened since 1823. Yeah, right. Like, how do you right. not get with the, like, the program? Yeah. That witches aren't hurting anybody. So, yeah, do you like know how it started in Salem? Um, I don't know like too much factual history. I just know like generally what had happened. And I think a lot of it just really roots from um, religious fanaticism and just like Puritan and the Puritan culture, which is very much still alive in Massachusetts. Um, yeah, I think like inside like a lot of New Englanders is this like Puritan attitude of like hard work and, um, you know, sort of, especially I come from like an Irish Catholic background where it's just like, you just sort of shut up, swallow your feelings, like yeah. <laughs> no sexuality, no like anything outside the norm um, is kind of frowned upon. Um, mm -hmm. And so I think <clears throat> in this time, it was like any woman that was like fucking the norm was the one, were the people that were targeted. Yeah. And my husband is like a, a nerd and he's obsessed with <laughs> all this history. And so he, I sort of gobbled up some of his scraps, which is that like, it kind of came out that it was like they were targeting women for their resources. Like if they were <clears throat> either like women who were like sleeping around, then women would accuse them. Or if they were women who owned land that was like desirable to other mm -hmm. people and like they were targeted it was sort of a convenient way for people to like get these people out exactly that's what it became yeah, yeah. and these two little girls started it and two little girls two little girls it? started it so the salem witch trials began when nine-year-old elizabeth paris and 11-year-old abigail williams like started suffering from fits like body contortions and uncontrollable screaming like picture exorcist but it's really believed that they just were poisoned by a fungus that caused spams, spasms and delusions. Yeah. Yeah. So it started with the, like, two girls are sick and they have to figure out what it is because, you know, they had a lot of disease back then. And once they had right. a disease, people were getting wiped out. Um, so as more women began to get sick, like people were freaking out and, and three women were accused of the witchcraft. Sarah Good, Sarah Osborne, and... Tituba, who's like one of the most famous like witches from Salem. And she was the enslaved woman owned by Paris's father, one of the young girls. Um, and she did confess to being a witch and she began accusing others of using black magic. And then on June 10th, Bridget Bishop became the first accused witch to be put to death during the Salem witch trials when she was hung at the Salem gallows. Um, so yeah, there's this book called Crucible and other theories that suggest that Elizabeth and Abigail, the two young girls, kind of got the idea that if they accused like their family's enemies or people that were like messing with them, that that would kind of take care of it. 
Yeah, it's crazy how yeah. easy, easily people were persuaded back then. Like, I know. You just said that someone was guilty of something, and then... And this is a nine-year-old girl. Called. Like, a nine-year-old, 11-year-old girl was, like, wow. the detective, the, the witch police. Wow. So, yeah. And, like, there's no science. There's no, like, proof. There's no evidence happening back then. It's yeah. It's all hearsay. You're right. Yeah, they, they had no idea, I guess, like, what normal was, what normal wasn't, what it meant, what it could mean. Yeah. And all that. Like, they were so scared of these women. Yeah. And I guess scared of disease, too. Like, if yeah. you don't have a reason for why you're feeling sick or why you're having delusions or something, I could see... I, I can't imagine, like, not having an explanation. Like, if you wake up one day and you have a cold and you know why you have a cold and you know that you're going to get better. But, like, back then, like, if you were a little sick... It could be the end. You, you know? can't go on WebMD. No. <laughs> Thank God, like, maybe. I WebMD has caused me more diseases, probably. <laughs> more stress. <laughs> more stress, more diagnosis. Yeah, I've lost. Yeah, yeah. So, so, no, but you're right. But luckily, not as many people died in Salem. It was just um, 150 people were accused and 18 killed. Right. So they didn't like take it and run so much it's as Europe. It's funny that it's like been yeah. sort of tapped on Salem as being like. You're right. Because it was all over the country. Yeah. All over the country. Yeah. And yeah. I feel like it's continued to happen. It just wasn't, they weren't witches anymore. And it wasn't like burning them at the stake anymore. But like people have been persecuted for as human history. It's, yeah. it's pretty insane. Yeah. That we just like keep doing this to each other. We a cancel culture today, think of it. Yeah. My dad's a teacher and he was reading this book to his students in school crucible, the one about the two girls like blaming adults. And he stopped reading it to his students because he's like, I don't know if I wanna like encourage like kids like accusing adults of doing stuff. Yeah. And he's like, Isn't now it's not a good time for that. No, I <laughs> yeah. know. I feel like it just, it, but it brings us comfort. Like, yeah. like I said, like when you don't know what's wrong and like you just need someone to blame, I think that like it makes perfect sense that they were just like pointing at the first thing someone. that happened. Or, yeah. Like the first thing that someone suggested was the problem. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's why people yeah. like identify with like, I don't know, Salem obviously wasn't like the place where it happened the most, but I think that like, having like this place to go to this sort of like altar of where it happened mm -hmm. i think is really comforting to a lot of people and like yeah. you can see that when people come and they visit like they get emotional like it's really important wow. to some people that they come here and they honor these people and like if not those individual people like the idea of like all the women that were accused of those things and like yeah. the people that still want to practice that stuff and feel like they're still outsiders so I feel like it relates to a lot of people because it's also just like the idea of being falsely accused. Yeah, it's gotta be scary. And you die. You don't know like what to do. There's there's no recourse, you know? Well, one of the most famous witches in history was Grace Sherwood, who was accused of killing her neighbor's pigs and then hexing their their cotton. What? I know hexing is a crazy witch word. Yeah, and she was, she's like the famous story. She was brought to trial in 1706, and then they tied her arms and legs together, threw her in a body of water, and they thought that if she was innocent, she would float, and if she was guilty, she would sink. Like, if she was a witch, she would sink, yeah, and this, she did sink. This is a test you hear a lot about around here. Around these parts? Around these parts. They still do that? Can <laughs> <laughs> we go to trial in Boston? I feel like it was like something your older brother always like threatened that he would do to you. Boston? <laughs> Boston child <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and that's how we do it in Boston. Boston. <laughs> but yeah, I'll link a, a cool rundown of 20 of the most famous witches you should know about in the description because cool. they're I'm all really interesting. Yeah, I'll link it. Yeah. You know that TikTok sound where it's like, if she were to be doing this today, this woman, or like back in the day, this woman would have been burned at the stake. You know, I love that TikTok noise is my favorite. It sounds great. I'm looking it up immediately. It's so good. They just like play with like a girl like twerking or something. I was, it's like, I was just thinking that. We've come so far. Like, like junior high dance. Yeah. <laughs> 400 years ago, this woman would have been burned at the stake, <laughs> literally. Um, but actually, it wasn't just women. There were some six men victims of the Salem Witch Trials that oh, were no. executed. Yeah. For witchcraft? For witchcraft. They were, they were, they'll take anybody. We'd, we'd be dead. We long <laughs> Our cyclers, duh. Duh. It's like, you want to do what? Recycle, like, oh, hey, baby. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> so for now, we'll talk about Meg, right? Like the star of the show, the best witch ever. This witch. Yeah. Because <laughs> you said your mom has roots in Salem. Your family does. She has a store in Salem. Yeah. So um, my story begins a long time ago when I would started selling at flea markets with my mom, and then like we just sort of like snowballed. Like I just helped her a little bit here and there, and then it sort of started to grow, and uh, I helped more and more. And then we turned. She retired from being an art school teacher, an art teacher, and turned it into like her sort of full time thing. And um, so then we started selling at those street markets that happen like in October in Salem, like leading up to Halloween. There'll be like these really fun street fairs where vendors will come in and sell. Mm. And so we would sell at those and it's like crazy busy and we just got a high off of like how cool it was to be there selling yeah. and how excited people were. And um, she'll have been there for like four or five years. Nice. Next year or so. Um, yeah, so she's she's great though. Like people come in and are like, "This is the best store in Salem. I love this." Oh my place. god, I'll have to stop in. You yeah, totally yeah. will. It's got a great sense of humor. She's really about like sex, drugs, rock and roll. Like uh, you selling, said that. That's you know? a <laughs> like like some stores in Salem are like really into like witches and werewolves and blah blah blah. But she's really into like this like pop culture sort of rock and roll the edge vibe. To it. Yeah, exactly. I feel like witches can appreciate that. They're, like, oh, ed yeah. they're edgy. Oh, yeah. For sure. The yeah. rebels, the misfits. It, yeah. It really like merges well into one another. So yeah. yeah. So I was selling there for a little while and then like eventually we just decided that like I had to sort of branch off on my own because I was getting too involved in my own thing and like, you know, it was time. Good. So yeah, do I spent thing. a lot of time in Salem. Um and I love it. Uh, but now I sell mostly like in downtown Boston. Yeah, because I want to clarify, you are not witchy. Like your vibe is not like your stereotypical black and everything. You no. have a little bit of everything. There's definitely a piece, a make piece for everybody. I think so. Yeah. I try to do that. Yeah. We were talking last episode. I mean, in every episode, we kind of like cover like a different upcycle trend, like, like towel shorts, like button up reworks or like tablecloth button ups. And last episode we did like patchwork sweat sets, but you do it all. I feel you literally like I do, do it all, and I feel like that's like 
that's a great quality about me, but uh-huh. it also sometimes scares me. So I'm like, who am I? Like, I mean, think of fast fashion, like they everything. have everything. So you kind of are. Yeah, I used to work in retail, like growing up in high school and through college, I always worked retail jobs. And so like, I kind of have a good understanding of like how that all works and like what customers yeah. want and like how important it is to have something for everybody. There you go. So um, yeah, I try to like sort of experiment with a bunch of different things like patterns processes Mm -hmm. aesthetics i've sort of like in the past year started to narrow it down into more of like something that feels really like me which is really nice that is really nice set up your booth and you're like yeah everything in here like really speaks to me and even though it is like kind of all over the board and i do a lot of different stuff i feel like it all comes back to something inside me that is like is very me it does make sense yeah (laughs) it does but yeah yeah I definitely want to hear the inspiration behind your pieces like the process and also the inspiration because I feel like in upcycling a lot of the time what you find kind of determines what you make yeah Yeah. that's so true that's so true like I love the whole reason I do this is because I love flea markets and I love thrift stores and I just love the thrill of like going someplace and not knowing exactly what you're looking for. But then when you find it, it's exactly what you needed and you're not quite sure why. And yes, yeah. Yes. And so I used to like find all this stuff and not know what to do with it because I just didn't have the, the resources to do that. But since I've started sewing, it's like I can just find anything. And then it, all it takes is like an idea and then I can turn it into something else. And, exactly. Yeah. So I think it's like, it's very much fueled by the sourcing, um, even though that's like a big commitment. Yeah. Um, to like go out to all these different places and do the shopping and pick stuff out. It's so inspirational. So like even sometimes when I don't need stuff to work on, I'll just go to a flea market just to walk around and talk to people and there you go. see all the weird stuff. Get some there. inspiration. Yeah, that's, totally. Yeah, that's cool. So I remember you were telling me how before we recorded how you're like really into like small little treasures and you like worded it really well like like it's just something about like somewhere someone somehow knew that you would like this somebody knew that you would like it and you don't really know why you like it yeah like why do you like why do we like things why do I like this why is shiny to me I don't that's yeah. such a good way to put it like yeah. why is this shiny to me I, <laughs> yeah. I don't know and I love doing that like on the other end for people too like when I see people shopping my stuff and sometimes people just absolutely fall in love with a piece and like that's the magic moment it when is. like it all came together it all came full circle I fell in love with this thing that you fall in love with it's like yeah um, circular <laughs> I don't know what it is I think it's a lot of like just memory stored memory mm-hmm. you know things that are sort of latent um, underneath the surface mm-hmm. emotion I think also these days like it's so, it's such a nice feeling to like be able to escape and like yeah. escape the present moment and think of yeah. like something happy and and like having a tangible thing that takes you there I think is special it's good to have like a little talisman a little tool to take you there a little um, shine yeah a little shiny thing yeah that's a good trinket totally. <laughs> that's fair um so you're oh my gosh I love your bio oh. 
your bio. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's like old thing, old things, old new, stuff, ideas. new ideas. Yes, I love that. That's such a good way to summarize upcycling. If you yeah. Google it, I come up. I had to check it to make sure I didn't like steal it from someone. But no, I like I. So I studied English in college, <laughs> and sweet. I my best professor was a guy who like I was so used to writing ten page papers. This professor was like, I want no more than two pages. He said, I want you to get all of your ideas in, but I want you to simplify it down to the most bare bones essay you can give me. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I feel like I've taken that lesson and sort of tried to incorporate it into everything I do. Like, mm-hmm. And so when I think about writing a slogan, I'm like, how can I make it the most simple thing possible? Old stuff, new ideas. Bada boom, bada boom. There we go. Like you, does it get better than this? <laughs> like, I need you to write me some because I'm like not. I'm like the same way. Like I have so many words, it's like hard for me to narrow it down. So yeah. I need to. You need to show me how. And there's like so many words, especially within like the upcycle community, where I feel like it's almost like we're creating these new words that almost don't feel like they like mean anything to anybody yet. Yeah. So I wanted something that was like more concrete and more just like you're not. You're not like bullshitting me. No. Like, this is just who you are. Yeah. (laughs) It really, it's self explanatory and it also doesn't have like re or up in front of it. Like, we just put re in front of everything. (laughs) Revive, restyle, re, 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 re. Yeah. Go re, re. Check my hashtags and all that stuff there, but. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I was thinking. Like, when I'm writing out my hashtags, I'm like, rework, reconstruct, reduce, reuse, recycle. I'm like, oh my God. Rihanna. Like, <laughs> you might as well. Great. Yeah. So, and, okay, so you also consider your style to be alt jack. Oh my gosh, I love this. Tell, yeah. tell us about that aesthetic. I've never heard that before. So, I love music. I love alt rock, is one of my favorite genres of music. Cool. But I was trying to think this winter, like, if I could, again, like, if I could sum it up, sum my style up, because I think also, like, in Boston, there's been a lot more upcyclers coming mm-hmm. to the scene, which I, like is amazing, and I love seeing that. But it makes you second think, second or second guess. Makes you second guess, like who who am I? Like yeah. I'm not the only upcycler on the scene, so like what makes me special? Right. Um, and so this winter, I was trying to think about that, and I thought about um, how I love sportswear. I grew up like as a jock pretty much but Mm -hmm. like I never fit in with the kids on my team I just kind of was there and like was good at it but like I always just felt like an alt kid like I'd go to practice but then I'd hang out with the art kids like Troy Bolton kids yeah like (laughs) wait which one's Troy Bolton Troy Bolton from High School Musical oh I've never watched that (laughs) (laughs) maybe that's me I don't know He's like your icon. He's your legend. Okay, he's cool. your hero. Noted. Yeah, you gotta watch High School Musical. You know? <laughs> but yeah, it's like those kids that, I, and I think it speaks to like the people, which I feel like a lot of us fall into this category of like we just don't fit neatly into these boxes that people are trying or society is trying to to put out for us to crawl into. It's like yeah, I like sports, but yeah. like I'm not necessarily not just doing sports. yeah that's not everything I am so um all jock speaks to that and I think it also speaks to like the things that I make which are like sort of sporty but also edgy like you'll wear them and they feel familiar okay but then you'll notice that there's something weird or off <laughs> <laughs> 
So tell us more about, I guess, the process of making all the jack wear. Um, yeah, it's, it's definitely a process. Um, it's hard creating something new. It is. It's yeah. hard. Um, so step number one is get the idea. Um, and this is a really strange process. Um, I've always just kind of been the kind of person where things kind of just come to me and I like get this like undeniable urge to make stuff. So I feel blessed in that way. I wish I had more of that coming to me all the time. Oh, we'll find a witch spell for that. For real. <laughs> but that's also like where the, the hard work comes in and just like experimentation. Um, so once you have an idea, then I go to sourcing, whether that's the flea market or the thrift store or just like my store of fabric that I have. And then it's like sort of playing around with how am I actually going to make this thing, um, which is like, it's freaking hard sewing yeah. is hard it's like it's a puzzle yeah. and I, I feel like I take for granted like how used to it I am now but when I first started it was like crazy to wrap your head around like yeah how to line a jacket how to sew a hoodie like how to make a pocket you tell me how to yeah, make a pocket. you know pockets like insane like we live with this stuff every day and yet like once you go sit down to like actually create it it's mind-boggling so that's a that's definitely part of the process is like decoding and then recoding and then making sure that it's perfect before you actually go to cut up this material that you sourced which yeah. is most of the time like very unique can't get it off the shelf um you got to go find it and there's only so many in the world so um it can be a lot of pressure <laughs> yeah, I could see how like having a certain amount of fabric could be like a huge issue to totally. upcycling. Totally, yeah. yeah. Fabric, you got to sort of just like work with what the fabric um, allows you to do. Like when I find those like tapestry blankets, you know, the ones that have like yeah. pictures on them and stuff. Like yeah. I found that the tapestry blanket, it gives me just enough fabric to make a crew neck sweatshirt. Okay. It's like no more, no less. Like I can make a crew neck sweatshirt and have like this much waste with zero air yeah it's zero. crazy that's good well, at least cool. you gotta figure it out and then so i sew the thing and then i put my label on it and then i have to go to the show to sell it or put it online and sell it um and that's a whole nother ball game <laughs> <laughs> what have you been working on for the like the winter fall season what anything to look forward to totally um yeah. i think one of my specialties is sleeping bag jackets so i'll make like puffer jackets out of sleeping bags i saw those yeah. very cool thanks. very cool thanks yeah. i like i really like making those because i feel like they're pretty unique they're mm -hmm. really hard to make which is why i understand a lot of people don't make them because working mm -hmm. with puffy stuff can be tricky yeah because you can lose the air yeah it's like three layers so you have the you know the outer layer which has all your cute cartoons and stuff on it and then you have the puff inside which is like the batting and then you have a backing layer so when you go to cut it up it's like it starts to like you don't want to lose the puff <laughs> yeah we're you have to like blow it back in like <laughs> like a balloon that would be cool actually to have like a little life jacket tab or one of those jackets and you can puff it up and make it puff like a floating device if you're on a plane and it crashes yes yeah, yeah that's what exactly upcoming what about. <laughs> yes uh, in the works <laughs> Well, anything else? Anything else you're making? Want us to know about the process? A day in the life of Mick? Um, it's a hard day. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I have to walk my dogs like twice. Oh. Uh, no, it's really nice actually. I'm really lucky. I have a great job. I get to like, I have a basement studio, so I don't even need to leave the house. Um, 
but it does require a lot of like just commitment and time and um yeah it's but it's super gratifying yeah. when I get everything together and then on the weekends I'll go to shows and by shows I mean like flea market like if you're ever walking through a city and you see like a bunch of white tents set up and like there's artisans and crafts people that's Mick and vintage people there's a lot of vintage in Boston um that I'm there usually yeah let's talk about like the Boston creative scene you know I'm going to be here for seven days I don't want to have plans mm-hmm. what should I do what's like the thrift scene a sustainable scene like Totally. There's so much to see. Um, so much. I have a few stores you can hit up. Um, and there's just a lot of good people mm-hmm. doing a lot of cool stuff around here. Um, if you think about Boston, there's like tons of schools and hospitals. There's like, it's like a hive of like knowledge and creative energy. Oh, I love knowledge. Yeah. I'm totally. going to go kick it at Harvard with my tie skirt. Yes, that tie yes. skirt would do so well in the Abbey Yard. Or in honor of Hermione Granger, <laughs> another famous witch, <laughs> giving Hogwarts. <laughs> so, that's um, cool. Yeah, no, the creative scene in Boston is, is great. Um, yeah, and you're going to be able to do a lot of fun shopping. Tell us about the the events you do every weekend. So I've been working with um, New England Open Markets. Um, it's run by a guy named Chris. He's really great. Um, we used to set up in right across from the Boston Public Library in like the heart of downtown. Um, but we got moved to right by the Four Seasons in between the Public Garden and the Four Seasons. So it's like right downtown. Um, and yeah, it's like 50 plus vendors that come out every Saturday. It's like 12 to five. Um, and Ooh. it's really basic. It's like, we just come with our tents and our racks and we set up and yeah. we say, please buy our stuff. <laughs> and it's fun because like Newbury street, which is like the high end shopping street is right there. And so we're like, oh, option alt. You yes. Know, like, I like that. Yeah. I mean, I feel like also, I feel like upcyclers have a certain kind of eccentric look that like some designers do so yeah. I feel like you can kind of win them over and be like ooh, like you, you can keep yeah. up with the big dogs yeah. I love it I love like watching people in my booth and they have like a Chanel bag or like you know yeah some crazy thing with them that makes me see like oh like you you get like access to like everything yeah and you're still here like shopping my stuff and that feels really nice. like I'm sh- I'm like Coco yeah yeah call me Coco <laughs> but I'm here for everybody which is so cool like because I'm set up on the sidewalk it's not like you need to ring a bell or like have the courage to walk into my store it's like no I'm right here I'm down and dirty right. with everybody so come on in. Hell I don't yeah. even have doors so <laughs> <laughs> brought my ass yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't even have doors <laughs> that's funny well, thank you so much for coming today, Meg. I feel like we learned so much about you and Boston and Salem. And I'm so excited to see what you're working on this fall. Because, I mean, you do make so many different things. So, so you can never know what's going to come next. You keep us on your to- our toes. Yeah. All <laughs> you know is that it's going to be... I'm going to try my best to make it as well as I possibly can. Like, I'm over here just, like, trying to decode, crack it. And also trying to use the best materials that mean the most to me. I believe it. You use a so, Picasso sleeping bag. You're not messing around. Oh my god, I know. I got another one off eBay, so I'm so excited. Oh my god, you were looking that. for one. I'm happy for you. Yeah. So um everything comes from the heart. If you see me putting it out there, it means that like this means a lot to me. So I believe that. Yeah, it means a lot to me that like people support what I do too. So yeah. and there's a piece, there's a mic piece for everybody. 
There's something for so, everybody, for real. No, no. I'm here. I can do anything, basically. So I believe I can. <laughs> I believe it too. <laughs> Thank you for coming. If you guys are enjoying That's Not Rubbish, feel free to donate. The link is in the description, along with some more information on witches and the Salem Witch Trials. And of course, Mixed Shop will be linked there too, her Instagram. Um, yeah, happy Halloween, happy October, happy fall. If you want to hear more about October or celebrate fall, last episode we talked about patchwork sweat sets and easy Halloween costumes if you don't have one yet. Um, and yeah, stay tuned. Have a great day. Peace, love, witchcraft. <laughs> Thank you.